We're pregnant. Bro, do you even live? I can't eat another one. One is usually bigger than the other. It tastes awful. It won't hurt a Wait, bit. Why is it leaking? Did you Whoa. hear that? That's that smell. was not oh, there yesterday. Have a second of it's it's totally my natural hair color. color. That's a close to look like that. Don't worry. Deadly. Deadly. I'm Terrell. And I'm Iris. Welcome to Health Science for the rest of us, a podcast where we take a super practical look at the body, its shenanigans, and the world of fascinating ways we try and keep it healthy. This definitely won't replace a trip to your doctor's office, but it may help you make heads or tails of how to live in your body better. More important than that, this podcast will help you look like a total badass at your next Facebook debate. You did it again. We can edit that later. Let's Let's do do this. Oh, hello. I didn't hear you there. I was just gazing into the night sky, pondering the mysteries of the universe and all its critically important unanswered questions like, why are we always hating on body fat? Seriously. Have you ever seen a TV show or website that had something constructive to say about fat? Or was it all about how shitty fat is and how we should try the latest self-torture routine in order to get rid of it? Sure, this floppy stuff can be unsightly, and it seems to live on all the most embarrassing parts of our bodies. But having a fair amount of body fat actually helps us stay alive. Just what is body fat? Really? And where does it come from? And where does it go when we lose weight? I know the answers to all of these questions. Not you. Oh, sorry. Pound for pound, humans have more body fat than any other creature on the planet. But to stop there would fail to capture the true brilliance of this stuff. So to find out more, we decided to go deep down the rabbit hole. This week's adventure is the first of a two-part series where we explored human body fat. The two parts are meant to go together, but you don't have to listen to them together. And you don't have to listen to them in order if you don't want to. As a heads up, in the first part of the series, this part, we dive into what body fat is and what it's doing inside you. In the second part next week, we wade through other stuff like what dietary fat is. Spoiler alert, it is not the same as the fat that's found inside the human's bodies. Naturally, we also look at what happens when the fat inside our bodies goes completely apeshit and why it's so hard to get back on track once we've fallen off the wagon. Each part of this body fat series has its own fair share of random, kooky, eyebrow-raising tidbits. But taken together, the two parts play off one another and produce some insanely cool and fascinating body fat insights that just may change the way you think about your saddlebags. So enough intro already. Let's do this. When we think about body fat, we tend to think of it as being just one thing, but in reality, The body fat inside us is many, many things. It comes in different kinds, it can behave in different ways, and the tissue we're typically talking about when we use the term body fat is composed of lots and lots of small individual fat cells that kind of 
clumped together in all sorts of fun shapes like muffin tops and love handles. The cells themselves are very tiny, but we have billions of them. On average, a healthy human has about 40 billion fat cells stashed away in both obvious and not-so-obvious places, and for all the partying that they do, fat cells manage to keep themselves up and running with very little hardware. They keep it all stuffed in a corner while most of each cell is just storage space to house greasy blobs of fat. So for a quick recap, body fat is made of body fat cells that are filled with fat. Looks like somebody, somewhere, could have used a thesaurus. Yes, but that's neither here nor there. Apparently, fat cells really love hanging out with other fat cells because they tend to gather together inside the body in neat little honeycomb-shaped patterns called adipose. This is how we wind up with what eventually forms our double chins, jelly rolls, and other problems we'll get to later. It's also the kind of fat we're probably most used to seeing with our naked eyes, and it comes in different types. One type is called subcutaneous fat. This is the fat we notice just underneath our skin. In general, we've got more of this kind of fat than the other kinds of fat that we have. For women, lots of this fat turns up on the thighs and the bum, while for men, much of this fat turns up around the belly. As an added bonus, for those of us so endowed, subcutaneous fat is also where we, mostly women, get that cottage cheese-style cellulite that gives parts of our skin that lumpy, dimpled look. If you've got cellulite and you're worried about it, I totally feel your pain. But try to cheer up, because as irritating as cellulite might be, there's this other kind of fat called visceral fat that can be much more troublesome. Visceral fat lives deep inside you, beneath the muscles where it provides padding for your internal organs. And that probably sounds like a good idea. Safety first, right? Well, yeah, kind of, but too much of this visceral fat can make you sick. I was planning to talk about that part. Oh shit, you're right. Do you want to say the next part? I think I'll wait for a flourish instead. Okay, I'm gonna keep going then. If small amounts of visceral fat manage to build up inside the muscles or the organs, it can cause a few different health issues. But large amounts in exactly the right places is believed to lead to high risks of heart disease and diabetes. And to make matters worse, visceral fat is very hard to get rid of with diet and light exercise. That was a sad turn of events. Yes, it was. But chin up. Body fat isn't all doom and gloom. In fact, when it isn't giving us the blues, it really does have some pretty cool jobs to do other than making sure we remember to dread swimsuit season every year. For one thing, body fat helps to protect our precious organs and joints by providing cushioning, and it also works hard to help us deal with extreme temperatures. Unless we forget, fat also gives us a soft place to sit down and adds some extra padding inside us so we don't stumble around poking ourselves with our own bones. By weight, our brains are more than half full of fat, or less than half empty, depending on how you choose to look at it. So even though it gives us the business when we've got a little extra to lose, 
Most of the time, body fat makes it easier for us to live well in our bodies. Other times, body fat is actually super critical in keeping us alive. And when it comes to keeping us alive, the single most important thing that our fat does for us is to store energy. Now up to this point, we've managed to avoid talking about digestion, which is awesome because digestion is uber complicated and not terribly exciting. But some of the stuff we say later just won't make much sense unless we spend just a few seconds taking a stab at what happens when parts of the foods we eat end up getting stored as fat. We promise not to put you to sleep. So... There are lots of important substances that our bodies get from eating food, but the ones most important to our adventure this week are carbohydrates. I know, I know, you've already heard about this evil food thing, but to be clear, carbohydrates, or carbs for short, are just molecules that contain mostly carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. Carbs get different names based on how big they are, and how their innards are arranged. And that's where we get buzzwords like monosaturides and complex carbs and words that end with os, like fructose. The reason we even care about carbs in this body fat episode is because the most important carb, glucose, is the kind of carb that our bodies convert into body fat when we've got more in us than what we need to meet our body's immediate needs. You didn't think the body would just throw the extra away, did you? The human body is not about that life. What? What? Nothing. Okay, anyway, to make a long story long, when we've got extra glucose, our bodies can set it aside short term by connecting the glucose together in little webs called glycogen and then stashing the glycogen in places like our muscles or our liver. It is for the long-term storage that our bodies stick the glycogen inside our fat cells. Once inside a fat cell, the stored glycogen looks a bit like a little oily droplet, which we would then just call fat. But as more and more gets added, the fat cell grows bigger and bigger. And as the fat cell grows bigger, we grow bigger, which seems only natural when you recall that we've got billions of these things inside us. The weird part is, we don't get more fat cells just because we've got more extra glycogen to store. Instead, the ones we have just keep getting bigger. That's probably enough digestion for one episode. Yes, but in part two, we will revisit this to talk about what happens to the stuff that we eat once it's inside our bodies. And as a final note, Before you go swearing off carbs because you think they make you fat, remember that carbs are the main source our bodies use for making energy. And we don't start turning carbs into fat until after we've eaten more than we need. And at any rate, when our bodies want to, they can also make fat out of proteins and other things we eat as well. But more on that in part two. Now, would you believe that after all that business about fat cells, and energy storage, that there are actually some body fat cells that don't store energy at all? Well, you should, because it's true. There is a type of body fat called brown fat, which I promise we did not make up. It's a real thing, and it's really called that. 
You may not realize it, but you have seen it before. Brown fat is the fat plump little babies have to help them keep warm. The brown fat cells get filled up just like the fat cells we talked about earlier. But rather than holding on to their little oily droplets for future use, the brown fat cells use special proteins to convert the droplets into heat. That's amazing. And if you were wondering, there is another kind of fat cell that gets called by a color too. It's called white fat, and it's actually just another name for the visceral fat we talked about before. Now that we're kind of done with digestion and brown baby fat, we can dig into some of the other surprising things body fat does for us. One of those things is to help control our appetite. Body fat does this in part by releasing a hormone called leptin, which tells our brains to tell us that we've had enough to eat. In the next episode, I may ask all the humans about why the leptin weight loss pill I made was rejected by the Food and Drug Administration. Maybe it was because taking leptin doesn't really help people lose weight? That wasn't, not the reason. Okay. In the meantime, we can also mention that body fat helps to ensure that women have enough energy reserves to survive pregnancy. Body fat even releases compounds that help to ramp up our immune systems. This particular process is quite sensitive. Having too little fat to make these compounds could put us at risk for infections, but having too much can put us at risk for inflammation, which can eventually lead to things like heart disease, arthritis, and type 2 diabetes. Surely by now, after hearing about brown and white fat, you may be wondering, where is all this coming from? Well, some of what we know about body fat comes from pretty weird research involving nuclear bomb explosions. In 2008, some scientists got the idea that they could try to understand body fat by studying what happens to fat cells that are exposed to radioactive material. If you follow this podcast regularly, or if you just listened to episode one, you might be thinking that this experiment sounds even more bizarre than those creative body odor studies that NASA ran in the 1960s. Who in their right mind would volunteer for a needless dose of radiation? Well, it turns out lots of us sort of did. And we didn't even know it. The scientists didn't actually have to put anything radioactive inside the volunteers for this fat study because the radioactive stuff was already inside them. How was this possible? Well, during nuclear bomb tests, the American and Soviet militaries unwittingly, or wittingly, released large amounts of radioactive carbon into the atmosphere. And uninterrupted, the radioactive carbon just floated around the world, getting absorbed by every living thing in its path. Because of this, the scientists were able to compare the amounts of radioactive carbon in the air with the amounts of radioactive carbon in the DNA of about 700 volunteers' fat cells. If that sounded like a mouthful, you can forget what I just said and enjoy the following tidbits that the scientists were able to learn from doing these studies. The first neat thing scientists learned was that the number of fat cells we have in our bodies increases until we're teenagers, 
and then stays about the same for the rest of our lives. And they found this to be the case even as we gain more and more extra weight. Somehow, the actual number of fat cells basically stays the same, no matter how heavy we get, and only about 10% of them die and get replaced each year with new ones. But this is true right up until we really, really, really overdo it at the dinner table. Under normal conditions, the number of fat cells in the body stays about the same throughout adulthood. But if we make a habit of overeating, our bodies will jump on the bandwagon and our fat cells will grow so large that they actually divide and make new fat cells in order to store all the extra energy we're eating. If that doesn't scare you, consider that this process does not work in reverse. So even if you lose weight after making all those new fat cells, the number of fat cells will never go back down completely. So there's something to think about while you're waiting your turn in the drive-thru. Another piece to consider is that even though the average healthy person has about 40 billion fat cells, there are some people who have more than others, and it's still not entirely clear why. Whatever the cause, it is clear that the humans who naturally have more fat cells may face different weight challenges than everyone else. So why are our fat cells trying to sabotage our beach bodies anyway? Don't other animals with less fat do just fine? Can't we just turn muscle into fat if we need to? Well, the answer to that is not so much. In fact, there was a time when humans who couldn't store fat didn't do so well either. Way back in caveman times, that beer belly of yours may have been the only thing standing between you and starvation. Food was hard to come by, and it wasn't uncommon for our ancestors to go days or weeks without a good meal. They only ate really well when they got lucky. The rest of the time, they didn't eat very much at all. So whenever they had a chance to eat really hearty snackums, they would eat as much as they possibly could. Since they didn't have pockets or freezers to hold the leftovers, they just ate everything in sight. Many of these ancestors still died eventually because there just wasn't enough to eat on a regular enough basis. And no, their bodies could not turn muscle into fat. No one's can. That's not a thing. But there were some ancestors whose bodies adapted ways to save extra energy from big meals by carrying it around inside their fat. This was a huge survival advantage. And no pockets needed. Fat storage is just one of the factors that helped the human race survive to the point where we could invent cars and reality television and convenience foods all of which eventually helped put us on the path to having more fat than our bodies know what to do with. But more on that next week. So there you have it. As it turns out, body fat is the underdog in this very human story. Or it's the misunderstood evil villain depending on which episode of this two-part series you listen to first. At any rate, body fat probably deserves way more respect than we give it. So the next time you catch part of yourself jiggling past the mirror, maybe have a smile and say, thank you. That's all for now. Stay tuned, everybody. Please tell the other humans to listen to the podcast so I don't have to go back to my day job.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Health Science for the rest of us. If you like what you heard, be a pal and spread the love by sharing this podcast with a friend. If you're not sure how or if your friend just needs some help, you can both get some quick tips from our fun YouTube tutorial. Just tap on the link in the show notes from this episode. To learn more about the show in general, or to see some pretty hilarious health memes and videos, stop by our website at healthscienceforeveryone.com. We're also on Facebook in the group section and on Twitter under the name Health Science Podcast. That's all one word. For a limited time, Health Science for the rest of us listeners can save 20% on all NZT products at my online store by entering the promo code DARK42 Tower Beam Sunshine Strain. No, 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 I told you we're not doing that. My apologies. www.irisspecialtystoreforthingshumansbyclairhealth.com Iris! Sorry. I'm hitting the button now. Is that how my voice sounds?